tree was all the same I was under the sky, no new horizons Maybe there is no one else to everyone and welcome back to another episode of Campbell's Footballs with me, Grant Campbell. Uh, I'm joined uh, for this episode by a young guy who's doing a lot of decent stuff in the Republic of Irish League. It is the current Wexford Football Club midfielder, Jack Doherty. Jack, a uh, warm welcome to the show. Cheers, Grant. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate uh, getting on to me and bringing me on to the show. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, before we start, I want to give a big acknowledgement to my associate, Keen Freeney, who uh, introduced me to Jack um, in preparation for this chat. Uh, Keen does the Armchair Weekly uh, podcast, so go check Keen's work out on various social media. He's doing a lot of great stuff um, and really going from strength to strength. And he introduced me to Jack, and it's great to have you on the show. Um, how have you been coping through this very, very strange times with coronavirus? Yeah, it's been a difficult time, you know, for everyone, really. You know, it's uh, you just kind of have to find that way to keep your mind occupied, and like at least we have the football on the telly as well, you know. So, like with the football on the telly, and then just going off and doing their own little bits and doing stuff on Zoom and stuff like that, you know, it's tough going, but you just kind of have to find something that gives you that bit of drive in the morning to get up and get on with your day and try do stuff that you were doing in your normally week but I know it's going to be restricted now but look just try to get out even if it's for a walk so you can run or do stuff on Zoom or so you know, it's just to try mental health is big like you know so just try to just keep that mind occupied and keep busy you know Are you a guy that's very motivated to get going even though there is this situation that we're in at the moment? Yeah I like to keep keep active anyway you know I I does a lot of uh, stuff online. There's there's a lot of lads on Instagram that do classes and that. So I, I tend to kind of have a routine on in the day. You know, get up. Do if it's a workout in the morning or if it's a workout in the evening. I, I try to tend to do at least one or two workouts a day. Anyway, you know, I try to if it's in the morning, I go for a walk or a cycle in the evening or vice versa. You know, so yeah, I like to keep keep busy and active. You know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how has the League of Ireland coped with this COVID situation? Do you think it's done quite well in terms of how it's still being able to run, considering the circumstances? Yeah, it's done all right. Like, you know, it's, I wouldn't say it's, it's been brilliant because a lot of stuff has been up in the air, you know. We, that the, when we first went into lockdown, we didn't know where we were standing, where we stood or what was going on. And then they cut the league in half, kind of, you know, so then he played two lots of games like so to try to get it over which is understandable with the COVID you know and there's no one going to games and then you have to get tested uh, really temperature checked going into games and all that and you were only at the start I think you were only allowed 200 in so you could have your par- one of your parents to go or something but that got cut then so it's been kind of up in the air but it's kind of up in the air at the minute as well with if they're going to keep on streaming the games for next year, if the fans can't come in, you know, so I don't know. We we, we don't really know much to be honest. Now, what's what? Well, like they're saying, we're supposed to be back the twenty sixth of March, but that's not one hundred percent either. You, you know, do you so. think that date is doubtful? Then I mean, it's I mean, obviously the current circumstances at the moment, the numbers aren't particularly good. They're they're increasing all the time. No, it's it 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 seems to be a bit up in the air anyway at the minute. You know, it's. They're saying that that's the date now, but that could change. They said as well, you know. Mm. So because I think I, I, I think the thing with something like this, Jack, is it always is developing. It's a it's a fluid process, and you know this virus works in cycles, and you know you, yeah. you can't win because obviously we're all trying to combat it, but at the same time businesses are losing money. And you talked about fans, you know, not being able to to go to the games. But if the streaming is then lost as well, then that's another big blow. Yeah, like you, you can only take. I'd say they're only taking it like week by week, month by month. You know, it's uh, you can't really blame them either. You know, it's never been in something like this situation before. So, like they're only they're trying to deal with things as you go along, kind of as well. And you want everyone to have the same. Like you want to have if you can't have fans, there, you want to have a good stream and so fans can watch. You know, I know Wexford had it themselves. They done their own stream last year, which was very good. That. Mm-hmm. Anyone could watch it. Like it, I think it was through the link on Facebook, but it was brilliant. Like they had everything on it, you know. So whether clubs still go down that route as well, you know, and 
put a fee on it or something, you know, that kind of way. So I'm not too sure, like, but they kind of have to take everything as it comes, really, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's certainly but, going to be interesting to see what unfolds moving forward, that's for sure. But let's talk about yourself, Jack, because it's great to have you on the show. I'm really interested to learn about your time in the Irish League, in the League of Ireland, I should say, so far, uh, but also about your, your journey to date, too. Uh, my first question I always like to ask my guests is, what made you want to move into football in the first place? Were you always keen as a youngster? Yeah, since since I was small, I was always I wouldn't go anywhere without football. I'd always have a football, and I kind of always wanted to be a footballer, really. You know, since I was no height, like you know, I'd always always if like over here, it's GA is big, but I I played a bit of GA, but I was never really into it. I only played it to get off school and stuff like that. But I always just football was always my thing, you know, growing up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, it's it's always been the same for a lot of people my age. You know, they get ingrained uh, in this sort of jumpers for goalposts, so to speak, and their families are very much involved in the game, and then they, their families take them to matches of their respective football teams. Was that the same for you? Yeah, like my dad used to bring me everywhere, and that to do with football, like, he just brought me, you know, and that was the kind of thing. Then you know, it's if I didn't really have. I suppose if the, if I didn't really have that father figure that drove me into playing football and like really brought me everywhere, then I don't know what I've continued on. You know that kind of way. It's mm-hmm. I always loved football, but he took his sacrifices, brought me all over Ireland. Like you know, it's, so without him, like I probably wouldn't have done half is what I've done, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's always, you kind of lead on to my, my next question because I always ask the, the guests on my show about their inspirations and idols and it sounded like your dad was one of them. What about uh, footballers of current or yesteryear? I mean, who were your inspirations? Yeah, growing up, I always liked lads that were kind of flair, like flair kind of players. I would say probably in the English league, I would have watched a lot of. I watched kind of every kind of game, you know. But I took a, in the English league. It would have been. He's a, kind of like Ronaldo when he was at United. Uh, players like that. But I really watched. I always used to watch Barcelona as a young lad, and mm. I, Ronaldinho was the yeah. one for me. I used to just idolize Ronaldinho. Mm. Stuff he used to do on the ball, and, and he was a joke. Like I used to just. Any, any kind of flair kind of player even them Brazilians like mm. when Rubinho was at Real Madrid them kind of players I used to like them because I kind of started out playing out wide you know so I used to like the, the flair players yeah, I mean, Ronaldinho um, was a character, wasn't he? And he, he always had that little bit of magic. I mean, there's two goals that spring to my mind. I mean, his wonderful goal he scored in the Champions League against Chelsea, um, I think is one of the best Champions League goals I've ever seen. But obviously, the, the famous one is that cross attempt, uh, free kick slash attempted cross. Uh, it's uh, that goal for goal that catches out David Seaman. Is uh, yeah. up there. And the one, uh, I think it was against Villarreal, the... It, uh, cross came in he chested it and swiveled on it and Boyson kicked it into the far corner mm-hmm. he scored a, a, and won against obviously Real Madrid when he beat a few players and stuck it in the top corner but I, he was crazy talent like, you know, he was just so good like. Is he one of these players that gets overlooked because of you mentioned obviously Cristiano Ronaldo and, and Lionel Messi but does Ronaldinho get lost in people's discussions because of the brilliance of Ronaldo and Messi? Yeah, I think he does. I, I don't like he didn't have obviously the the goal scoring ability as two of them obviously had. You know they're scoring crazy numbers, but as talent wise and and all that, he's as good as as the both of them really. You know, but they just have that mentality where they just keep going. The, the stuff they do is just crazy between the two of them. You know, but I'm more of a messy. Man, anyway, but yes. Ronaldo is a goal scoring machine, you know. Yeah, I mean, I love Messi as well. I think he is a really good uh, team player, and uh, you know, I think Ronaldo. Uh, the way I always have this argument with people is, you know, they ask me who's better between Messi and Ronaldo. I always say that Messi is the better team player, but Ronaldo is yeah. the better individual player. Yeah, and he's like 
Messi could drop deep as well and his passing ability is frightening as well you know but like Ronaldo will only probably play up top or something but mm-hmm. where Messi is the older he gets the yeah. deeper he can drop and he can influence a game from anywhere on the pitch and also yeah. that's why it would be kind of more Messi overall like of what he like his football is frightening his goals go on he'd everything you know yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, and, and obviously your own childhood being uh, born and bred in the Republic of Ireland. I mean, what about the, the league uh, when you were growing up? I mean, I mean, some of the the, the great sides in the, the Republic of Irish League, Shamrock Rovers, Derry City, etc. Did you have an affiliation to a particular team growing up following the League of Ireland? Yeah, I I didn't really I didn't really follow the the League of Ireland as a young kid you know it was it was more like the English leagues and stuff like that where we I kind of played with my local side Carrick United growing up you know that's when you started really, out wasn't it Carrick United yeah started out with Carrick United yeah it was local to me it would be in Waterford mm-hmm. Waterford United back then it's Waterford FC now yeah uh, but I, to be honest I didn't really watch much the Irish leagues growing up and I was kind of brought in there young enough so I only really watched the Premier League and stuff like that. I didn't really follow Irish football as a kid, you know. I just followed Liverpool. That was my team. And anytime Liverpool would play, me, me dad would bring me out to watch the games or stuff like that. Like the, with the Champions League in 2005, mm-hmm. I was, he brought me out to watch that game and stuff like that, you know. So I, it was more, he was a Liverpool fan, so I just mm-hmm. took on to being a Liverpool fan since a young age, you know. So I was never really watched League of Ireland underage or anything yeah. like that you yeah. know yeah. I mean Liverpool's uh, journey over the last 20 years has been un- unbelievable you know they, they in the Premier League they've always been kind of riding behind Manchester United until recently and obviously your club has really turned Liverpool into a fantastic team obviously winning the Champions League winning the Premier League I mean are they the benchmark for a lot of teams now in England? They are yeah. really they are and it's not like you know, you get a good manager in that builds from the foundation up. You know, he's the stuff he's done at Liverpool is not even not just with the first team. He's built that whole club. You know, he's they got a new training ground, obviously, and like he seems to have a good interest in the in developing young kids as well. You know, that's that's something you want, kind of. Mm. You know, and I think who's going to be great as well with is the Southampton manager. He seems seems to be bringing through a lot of young kids there, yeah. which it yeah. seems to know he. They have a good manager on their hands too, you know. You kind of want someone like that. That mm. is not just going to bring in all these world class players, 80, 90 million, and then you're leaving all the kids. You know, you're not going to develop any players, you know. Yeah. Which what United done with Sir Alex Ferguson, they brought through a lot of young kids there too, you know. That's what you want to do, like, really. And then if you need to bring in a few world class players, like, the bit more experience, mm-hmm. fair enough. But, like, you want to be able to bring through kids as well, you know. Talk to me about Carrick United because many people listening to this won't know much about them as a club. What made you want to play for them, your local team? Yeah, yeah, it was just my local side. Everyone at school, we all kind of you either play with them or you being going to another team up up Clamellar. So you know, so it was just kind of local lads. I went to school with everyone that played there. Knew a lot of the coaches really. I just went through into the academy there. It's a lot different to England. It's just local side and all. It's probably a Sunday league side mm. if you're looking at it England, England wise. But they have a good good system over there. They've young young academy. They bring through a lot of good players, you know. Yeah. So look, I we I just started out there and I really enjoyed. It. I just wanted to play soccer. That's if it was on the road or at a pitch. I just wanted to play so. They kind of started off over there, you know. Yeah, well, it started off really well for you because uh, you ended up getting an international call up at 15, and I know it's in front of me here that you, you played for your country up until you're 19. When you get called up to represent your country, in, in this case, the Republic of Ireland, that must be a great sense of achievement in your eyes. Yeah, it is. Uh, I remember the first the letter came in when I came back from school one day, and my dad said, You're going to Qatar. That was where we went on our first trip, was over there. We went to the Aspire Academy and we played against we played against them. It was a great experience. Like, you know, my first time ever going away with with any anyone really. I went obviously going holidays and stuff, but I never went away kind of with a football side, you know. It was a good experience, you know, it's 
it's the best feeling ever getting called up to put on the green jersey you know no matter what if it's the first team or if it's under 15s when they start out you know it's it's a great feeling and it's kind of it's hard to describe you know it's yeah. you always kind of have that dream of playing for your country no matter what it is if it's under 15s if it's first team if it's 21s or whatever like it's you still got that recognition of putting on the Irish jersey you know it's mm. it's a great it's a good honour like to yeah be able to do that, you know, because it's something you dream of as a young kid watching any international games, you know, you'd say you'd love to be able to do that, you know. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people will be interested to hear your experiences of Qatar because obviously the World Cup um, is due to still, at the moment at least, to be held out there. What were your, what were your experiences of Qatar as a country? That is, the stuff they had was just far more advanced than out here. Like when you went to the stadium, they had all them. The aircon in the stadiums, like even back then, and that was a long time ago, you know. So the academies were second to none over there. The stuff they had was just far more advanced than anywhere else I've been, you know. Um, yeah, I think they'll do well over there, you know. It just they, they have everything over there, you know. They've the, the amount of money they have, they just invested in mm-hmm. stuff like that. And they, they had a decent, they had a good side that we played against over there, you know. How long did you spend over in Qatar? We were over there for, I think we were there for eight days. So we flew out, we stayed in a hotel. We went and we trained at their academy base then, the Asper Academy, which was top of the range, you know. So we trained there, then we played two games out there. Now the, the heat was, uh, we only, only played 60 minutes the first day. It was like I played 120 minutes. The heat like was, yeah. was crazy, like, you know. So that's why they kind of, they have them. I'd say the air cons now will be even a lot better than what they had the time I was there, you know. So they, I think they'll do well, you know, for the World Cup. I'm intrigued to know the, the types of players in that Republic of Ireland team that you played alongside and whether they, they made it to, to a higher level. Can you share anything yeah. that you played alongside? Yeah, uh, one of my best mates, Shawnee McGuire, he's at Preston now and he played, obviously, with the first team, the international. He was there. Uh, Darrell Lenahan was on that side. He's with Blackburn. Uh, who else was on? I did play with uh, two other lads that uh, I played with them under 18. Alan Brown. He's with Preston as yeah. well. Uh, I played. We Jack Relish came up with a uh, for our side. We we were under 16 or 17 at the time. We were training in Dublin one week and few lads from England used to come over training, you know, that were have Irish connections. And he came there one day, we were playing a, just a game between ourselves to see which squad I get picked to go. Uh, he was actually came over one weekend playing. Mm-hmm. He was on the same side as me, like he, he what, was crazy. What was he and, like as a player? Because obviously Grealish is really improving his game all the time at Aston Villa. And a lot yeah. of English media are really hyping him up as being the next star. You know, obviously we talked about Rooney and Sterling in the past, but a lot of the English media are really hyping Grealish up. Do you think he would ever have got to the level he is at the moment? Did he have that quality when you played alongside him? Yeah, uh, he had the... Uh, the talent that he all the talent in the world and you know, all the on the ball and all that he wasn't he wasn't lightning quick that he'd get away from you and you wouldn't catch him like but he was just mm-hmm. so good on the ball he he'd make that space for himself you know mm-hmm. he would manipulate the ball he'd find that extra ten yards to get away from you or stuff like that you know he did have he was very talented you know he I didn't know he. He's world class now, but the performances this year he's been world class. You know, he's been yes. one of the best players in the league. You know, so it's a credit to him for what, for where he's going himself. You know, he's seems to be taking everything in his stride. Even with the England side, he's been their best player over the last few games. You know. So it's only a credit to him, you know. Yeah, and the Preston guys you mentioned, I mean Maguire especially, he's developing into a very solid defender, isn't he? Uh, Shawnee is a great player. Yeah, he's a. Uh, He's Kilkenny lad. He played with Waterford as well. With the two of us, kind of left at the same time. But I've been close to him since I've been under 17s when we first broke into Waterford, and also I I, I follow him and I keep track of the lads how well they're doing and stuff like that. And it's good to see them lads going on and doing well, you know, because it's not easy, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's credit to them and. 
I hope they keep going, you know, and do everything, get all the rewards they deserve, you know. Apart from Qatar, was there any other countries that you went to during your time at the international level that you thoroughly enjoyed? Yeah, we played against uh, Holland. Memphis the boy was playing. We played against them. They they were obviously they were world class. You know they they were straight ahead of almost time. You know this, this, best, would been, won. this would have been when Depay would have been at uh, Manchester United, would it? Maybe just a slightly beforehand. No, he was uh, he was at PSV at the time. Uh, there was a few clubs over there watching him when we played against the Man City and they weren't looking at him at the time but he was he was at PSV and he had a good few lads Jethro Williams the left full he played obviously with the first team as well you know mm. they they were they were brilliant like they just the movement the pass their passing they just kept the ball really mm-hmm. so we didn't really get much of the ball yeah. to be honest but. but as a player you will have taken a lot from that game because you know even though you were kind of showing a bit of a footballing lesson and it gives you sort of ideas to say okay this is where we need to aspire to get to yeah definitely yeah. it shows it does show you how good other players are you know even back then you, like you see that's that's really where you have to get there if you want to be at the highest level you know and you see them lads now they're, they're playing at the highest level week in week out you know and you could see that even back then you know you know by a player straight away how good he is mm-hmm. and them, them lads were just frightening now and obviously they, they have the good uh, upbringing they're, they play the same way from under probably 15s to the 14 it's all you know it's to getting prepared to jump get into that level you know and yeah. credit to all them nations that do that like us you can see they do well in international the, the international level, you know. So even underage, they do well. They win a lot, and it's going to be like that for England after winning all the underage competitions, like the under seventeen World Cup, and that. That's only going to lead them to their first team are going to be a frightening side in the next few years, you know. Yeah, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, not about England, but about the Republic of Ireland internationally. Where do you see them at at the moment? Because I personally think they are in a state of flux at the moment. I don't think they're improving, but I don't think they're, they're getting worse. I think they're sort of levelling out, and I think they're trying to find a, di- a direction to go to, and it's maybe taking a bit of time to get there. Yeah, they seem to be just in a standstill at the minute, you know, and it's going to be like that, because Stephen Kenny's going to, if you want them to get his style through, he's going to bring through lads that, he's been work, working with like the likes of Aaron Connolly and all them you know they're good young players you know and it's kind of you kind of have to take that hit for a few years to mm. maybe go on like you know and it's going to take time because they do have a lot of good young players Ireland you know yeah. they seem to be doing alright you know in club so like if you want to bring through them lads you're going to have to give them a bit of time you know and absolutely yeah. try it and if it don't work then it don't work you know but you have to give him some time and try to get his style of play across you know yeah no absolutely I mean one of the <laughs> one of the guys that I have a, a, a lot of time for is uh, Robbie Brady in the in the centre of that midfield and Jeff Hendrick as well both at Burnley um, obviously there's other guys in the team that you know are, are sort of growing and, and, and or have been there for a long time I mean Darren Randolph the goalkeeper is a, is a good example of that yeah, he is. He's a he's a great keeper, and he even had that Keller with Liverpool. Mm. Park lad, he's he's done brilliant with Liverpool in the the two games he played, and Allison wasn't wasn't there. So he's he's not a fella that's gonna push that mm-hmm. goalkeeping position, and he's he seems to have it all, you know. Yeah. So that's another position that's gonna you know you have a few mm-hmm. lads there, Jason Knight. He's doing well at Derby. You know, you have a few good young lads that are playing like in the championship and that, you know, and yeah. they might get moves, you know. Yeah. So. I mean, internationally, uh, Republic of Ireland, certainly in the early 2000s for me, were, were a side that everybody thought you could beat them, but they actually thought, they actually sort of proved teams wrong. And I get that impression that that's the Republic of Ireland sort of motto. We love proving people and, and, and media wrong. And when I look at, I've chatted to people like Matt Holland on the show, and, and Matt Holland just is one guy who just is an absolute showcase of that. With uh, obviously that famous goal at the World Cup. Yeah, that's they're, they're so hard to beat Ireland. You know, they're all going to find that out to their detriment. <laughs> yeah. but they, they they defend well. You know, they have that resilience of just keep going and never say die attitude. You know, they mm. they just have, they find a way. Like, and it's a credit to for Ireland. Like, you know, it's 
they, they're so hard to beat and they, they always prove team people around they play against bigger sides you know even that time with Brady scored the, the header against Italy as well yeah. you know mm-hmm. of course you know that's it's good then find the games where you're not really expecting much out of the world yeah. and they they produce, you know. And Robbie Keane as well is another man who really kind of epitomises Republic of Ireland. I mean, I remember his equaliser against Germany at the World Cup in 02. And, you know, he for me is a, a symbol of the Republic of Ireland's aura and their sort of uh, philosophy uh, as a nation. Do you agree? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's kind of something we're missing at the minute is that kind of goal scorer, you know. He scored a lot of goals for Ireland. Like, yeah, I so. like Shane Long, but he just doesn't score enough goals. He's got a lot of uh, tireless work in him, but he just doesn't score enough goals. Yeah, uh, he do. Uh, he's great work ethic, and he's a good. Uh, he's a good. He's someone great to, for young lads to look up to as well. Coming from Ireland, yeah. So you know, if you just work hard and you give everything, you know, he look where he is now. He's playing. He's in the Premier League with the last couple of years, and he's with a good side as well. Yeah. You know, so he. he he is a, he's a good player, but he just don't score enough goals for a striker, you know. Mm. But he has everything else other than that, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. Let's bring it back to yourself, Jack, because uh, you moved to Waterford uh, at 17, playing on the 19s, and then you made your debut at 17. I mean, that, that's absolutely fantastic. And what was your feelings making your debut uh, for Waterford? Yeah, you'd be kind of nervous at the start, but once you get out playing, it's as a young player, you, you have no fear, you know. You just go out and you play. And the, the coaches kind of give you that freedom, kind of just express yourself, do what you were doing with the under-19s and just go out and play, you know. I really enjoyed it. I played, actually done quite well that game as well. It's, we played against Limerick and I set up, I think, set up a goal as well the same night. So, kind of gave me, like, once you get your few touches into the game, you kind of, you're, everything is gone, then you're just, you know, just want to go on and do your normal thing. You just... If you keep the ball for the first few touches, you get that confidence, and then mm-hmm. just go and do your normal thing. You know. Where did you see yourself embedding into the team? Because I was having a look at your stats here. You're you're mainly based on the left side of midfield, aren't you? Were you always lined to that side of the pitch, or were you wanting to play more centrally, or were you seeing yourself as that player on the on the left all the time? Growing up, I kind of as a young lad, I was kind of more of a through the middle kind of. But then I, I got moved out kind of because I had the pace and that. And I used to love going by people, so they kind of moved me out away. But then, really, I, I, me personally, I prefer to play in behind the, fort, the striker, you know, mm. to get that bit more freedom and get on the ball a bit more. Like, but out wide, that's what I kind of, that's what I started off, and that's what I played. Like a lot of games, I played out wide after left or sometimes after right, you know. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I just wanted to to, to know about that. And yeah. when you're when you're playing in your in your debut game, and obviously you mentioned Limerick. Is the standard what you expected it to be, or do you kind of have to see yourself? Well, this is this is the level we're at here. I I've played a game, and I maybe need to raise a level a couple of, a couple of bars. But you know, if I can do that, I can more than be comfortable at this level. Yeah, no, I I didn't really come out the game saying that I won't be able to play this level, and I was too high of a level because I done actually quite well that that game you know so and there was good sides they, they're good side Limerick that, that year mm-hmm. but there was just more so getting like it's a lot more physical and stuff like that over in Ireland you know you, you do they let you know you're in a game like you get a lot of kicking you know so yeah, yeah. but look that, that was really the physical side more than anything you know it's playing wise and ability wise you yeah. I didn't have an issue really, you know. Yeah, no, it's uh, very interesting to know that. And then one of the great moments in your in your journey so far was you got the opportunity to go over across the water to join Ipswich Town. I mean, what was that like as an experience? Yeah, I was, it was a bit crazy, like, you know. Started off, I didn't really expect too much from it. I just went on a pre-season. Uh, they were in Dublin at the time. And I got invited up for the week, you know. I just went in. He just said, look, train, see how you get on and just enjoy it, like, up here, you know. Mm-hmm. So I played. We played in just a few games between ourselves and just train. I just joined in the normal sessions and stuff like that. And then come the end of the week, then I didn't really know too much. It was just like, I'd be in touch and there was nothing really, you know. But, like, the minute I got home a few days later, 
I was over in, in Ipswich then it happened so quick and I didn't really have time to really think about it you know yeah how did that come about because you know it, it seems to me quite not a random move but a very uh, kind of out of both kind of an out from the blue sort of approach to, to get a, a look yeah, at we, by an English um, side yeah we played a uh, Against England in the in the schools, the Irish schools. Ah. Uh, I scored uh, against them that day, and I was top scorer in that competition. I scored like five goals that year in that four games we played, and then they went to watch me playing Longford the week after that. We played them up in Longford. I scored that night as well, and it just came about from there. Then really, they they just watched me playing them a few times, and they got on to Watford, and then. Mm-hmm. They invited me up, you know. Yeah, and Portman Road, Hipswich Town's ground, is is, a, is synonymous with the Premier League and also just uh, English football in general. I mean, what what did Ipswich mean to you when you first arrived through the gates of Portman Road? Yeah, it was. I look, it was it was a dream really to be over, you know. But see, I was over on trial years ago when I was only fifteen, and I didn't get offered a contract back then, you know. Mm. And it was kind of, it hit me really, you know. But then when McCarthy wanted to sign me, then it was, it was like, I'm back here again, you know, for just for for good, really, you know. But it was, that was a dream, really, you know. Everything over there, it's, you, they do, you have everything that you need, you know, and they do a lot for you, you know. So, you know, this, the footballers do really, they have everything they want, really, in that one spot, you know, and so... They have the best of everything, really, you know. You mentioned Mike McCarthy, a guy synonymous with uh, the Republic of Ireland and footballing circles. I mean, what was he like to, to work under? Uh, he was he was great, you know. He was so serious. You didn't, you were, you'd be kind of intimidated by him and you'd be afraid of him, you know. You'd that aura over you, but uh, he's great, you know. He, and you need, he'd be always there to you. And he's so good to you with family stuff and all that as well, you know. So, ah, look, he was, he was great to have that experience to work under such a figure like him, you know. What was his um, training techniques like? Were they, were they very hardcore, very old school, or was it very different to what many people expect? Yeah, he, he, didn't, he just laid kind of TC, his right-hand man, basically. He does a lot of the attacking plays and stuff like that, where Mickey does kind of sit, sit back and kind of just watch over really he had his fitness coach that would take the first 20 minutes half an hour to get your activation and stuff like that and then TC would take the rest really but if he wanted to do stuff with the defenders he would take the defenders away and then TC would take the forwards and do a bit of finishing and that but he'd only really go through stuff like team shape set pieces stuff like that he wouldn't really take a session really you know Mm-hmm. No, that's very, he does, very interesting. He observe it really, and he, if he has something to say, he might jump in and give this one or two points. You know, he's an absolute character in, in football. I've got a few pals who are Ipswich Town fans, and they just they worship Mick McCarthy. They think he's an absolute hero of Ipswich. And you know what? What amazed me is obviously him going back to the Republic of Ireland setup. I mean, were you surprised that he went back into management at the Republic of Ireland level? Yeah, I kind of was, but then I want. I wasn't really why Ireland really wanted him, you know, because he's, he gets results, that's what he does, you know, he's brilliant at finding a way to get results, you know, and I can see why Ireland kind of went in and got him yeah. to kind of see could they get into a tournament and stuff like that, you know, but he's brilliant, he's brilliant at finding a way, like with Ipswich, he's probably one of the lowest budgets in the championship and yeah. got to a playoff semi-final, you know. Did, did but, very well. Uh, and look where they are when he left they are relegated you know so yeah yeah. and they're a side that really shouldn't be in League 1 because they're a much better no. side than that I mean you know, let's kind of hope they move back to the Championship sooner rather than later in terms of the players that you played alongside in Ipswich Jack I mean who, who stood out for you? they obviously have David McGoldrick I thought he was probably their, their best player really when I was there uh, Creswell was there and Creswell Tyrone Mings um, well with Tyrone Mings really when we when I first went there he's only really came in mm-hmm. McCarthy actually picked him from just a he was with the Nike Academy and they played against him in a game and he just liked them and signed them from that so he was there literally a few weeks before me and kind of really 
seeing the way he developed, like he was nowhere near the, the first team at the start, you know, and then he, when Creswell left to go to West Ham, yeah. he kind of got a, a lucky break and got in then, you know, that's yeah. kind of what you need, and he just kicked off from there. Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, I, 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 I Darren Murphy as well. Oh, of course. You know, you've Darren Murphy, he was there. Uh, good side, actually. Very good side. Very good side. I mean, I remember um, Tyrone Mings being at Ipswich, and one of the things that really has impressed me about Mings is he had a, a few serious injuries, but he's really kind of stepping his game up again and, and really been a stalwart for Aston Villa in that defence. Yeah, he's been brilliant, you know. His first appearance with Ipswich, he done his cruise to up and mm. I think it was red in the time. Yeah, I think it was. I was supposed to travel that week, but I put. I, in a pre-season thing I done my ankle straight away so it was out for three, four months but that was his first appearance and he done his cruciate the same day and also and he's done that again since Yeah. so it's a credit to him his mentality though he always had that mentality of he want, he, no matter what he wanted to get to the top you know Yeah. and David McGoldrick's a, a character that really interests me because he's one of these guys that maybe he's a bit of an unsung hero at times because he, he does a lot of work off the ball and maybe doesn't score yeah. the amount of goals he should do but he's got the call up to the Republic of Ireland and he seems to be putting himself quite well even though it, you know, at the moment he's with that Sheffield United team that are, are struggling in the Premier League but he still has good attributes yeah he's he's so good on the ball really you know he don't get enough credit really for what he see, see like when Ireland when he's, he's obviously after announcing he's retiring now you know mm. and when he missed out them few games in the last like he missed the Slovakia game and stuff like that He's a big loss, you know. He's he's a great player. Uh, him and Morf really done well at Ipswich together. Yeah. I think the field them scored near double digits between each like that year. You know, Morf scored twenty something goals. Mm. So they just work off each other so well. And he's kind of more like a number ten. He likes to drop in and get on the ball, and he creates a lot. You know. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I get the impression that your time at Ipswich, albeit a, a really good one in terms of experience. Maybe could have gone slightly better for you. I know that you say here that you had uh, a range of injuries and you were struggling with uh, being away from home. Yeah, no, yeah, I could have. I could have really. I didn't really give myself that chance really to settle in. You know, I was kind of always thinking about going home all the time, and mm. anytime we got a break, I would just jump on a plane and go home. You know, for even if it was for two days or whatever. So I kind of really Do you didn't give myself that. Do you regret uh, that? Yeah, I, kind of, I do really, but look, I can't do nothing about it. It was the way I was feeling back then, you know, so sure. it's, it's easy to go back in hindsight and say, look, I should have done this, I should have done that, but it was kind of the way I was back then, and I, I just, you do, you, you would regret it, obviously, you know, it's, you get that, such a chance like that, and you, you don't really give yourself yeah. a chance really over it, you know? Yeah. Did it part? On you, on part of you on reflection, look back and say, God, I wish I'd stuck about and, you know, I might have got a chance playing Championship Football England. Yeah, you, you just don't know, really. Things happen. You see what lads older, things happen when they're not really expecting it to happen, you know. That's, you could get a lucky break, someone get injured, and you put in, you do well, and you stay there then, you know. Yeah. But then you see as well, you, you picked up some injuries as well. That will have affected the fact that you were so far away from home as well, I'm sure. Yeah, because at the start it took me like two or three weeks to settle in, and then I was getting going, and I was kind of doing well in training and that. And we were supposed to play Northampton in the last pre-season game, and I was playing that day because he came in to me after and said to me in the physio room I was getting me strapped strapping on my ankle and he said that I want you to come and play minutes on Saturday so we trained but we played this an Irish 11 came over and we played against them and I, he asked me to play 45 in it and I done my ankle in I think after like 20-30 minutes I set up two and in the game we were winning 2-0 after like 15 minutes I set up two and just on my ankle straight away and I was out there for three months so it kind of it was it's depressing like when you're sitting in the physio room every day and so that's all you're going to do you're not able to train or nothing you know yeah it's so, so kind of it's so frustrating because obviously I've, I've spoken to a range of people on the show that you know when they have a serious injury it sets them back not just physically but mentally and you know that must be quite tough it is and then no one really you only it's only you and the physio and no one really in the, you're not really interacting with the 
the managers and all that because you're injured and you're being nothing to them when you're injured, you know. And mm. it's kind of frustrating and it's hard. Like, yeah, it's, it's really hard. And people that went through that obviously know, you know, mm. what I'm talking about because they just they don't even ask you. Not many people ask you how are you today and yeah. stuff like that. You just you're just in. So what I mean then, do you think that clubs and individuals within clubs should be trained to do more for people like that? There should be more for people like that, and especially foreign lads that are... Especially at the moment with this campaign that it's okay to not be okay, so to speak, especially with this COVID as well. You know, a lot of people struggling with their mental health and, you know, the impression that something, not just within the the FA or in England, but but also just right across the world, really, I think, you know, more should be being done. They should have people there that you can, like, more options for people to go and talk to and speak to because... Like I, I talk to my parents every day when I was older, and I wouldn't really be, I wouldn't open up and say half the stuff to them because, you know, they, it's hard for them to see yeah. what they're going through when they're not, they're not over there with you, you know. So mm-hmm. they kind of want that someone else that you can speak to and you can trust that they won't say anything and keep everything between the two of you, but they'd be able to go back to the club and say, look, he's having such and such a problem, mm-hmm. you know, and they can help you from there, you know, so yeah. they should they, they should be a lot more for clubs like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and for young kids as well, because you're going over so young as well, you know, and it's a big step. It's, it's a big step, isn't it? I mean, the the transitions maybe are in a very commas a bit easier now, but even back then, you know, it's 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 you still need that transitional period to settle in and you know feel that you're wanted. Yeah, it's it's a huge step, you know, and especially it would even makes it harder on you. You see all the English lads they going back to their families every weekend, you know, and you're just there, you're going back to digs all the time. Mm. And you're kind of thinking, no, I wish I, I was then going back to my family on the weekend, you know, and spending some time with your family or stuff like that, where you're just going back to digs and, and all you're doing is sitting in the room playing PlayStation or stuff like that, you know, it's not good for you really, no, you know. No, no, you're absolutely right. You then moved back to the Republic of Ireland, uh, you moved back to Waterford, um, played on loan. Uh, after a year and a half and then you signed for Limerick and you mentioned of course Limerick in the story earlier on I mean what was it like going to to play for them having made your debut against them at 17 yeah no I really enjoyed my time up there they were full time as well you know to play we played at Thornham Park which is the rugby stadium for Munster it was a nice stadium good experience you know and they had a good side that year great players Lee J was actually there He's with Larn now. Mm-hmm. He was there. We had a good side, like, you know, they finished, I think we finished fifth that year and I was mm-hmm. doing well there. And I got another injury at the end of that year. I, I done my hip flexor against Cork and I was flying, flying that year with them. I got a few man of the matches in a few games and stuff like that. And then another injury called to me again, you know, so. Yeah. But, no, I really enjoyed that. And they, they've got, they're a good club, you know, mm-hmm. good, well-run club up there, you know, so. Yeah, and then you also played for, and then you also played for Longford Town, uh, and now you're currently at Wexford in Division One. And you know what, the great thing about Republic of Irish football, and this is something I'd like to ask you about, is do you guys draw comparisons with your comrade? Well, your your comrades in the Northern Irish League. I mean, do you look at their league and think, you know, we could try and aspire or even try and improve our game and our product down there? Yeah, yeah, it's, it, 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 obviously the Northern Irish League is well run, you know, it's a good league, you see. There was talks the last couple of years that they might be joining the league altogether. Oh. It would be great for the, the whole nation, you know, it would be you great. see something like that being feasibly possible in all Irish league? I mean, I know there's been a lot yeah, of discussions about it, but could it be done? Yeah, I'm not too sure. I, I'd like it to be done, you know, it would be great to go away and play up the north and stuff like that for it. I think it'd be great for the, the nation, really, you know, mm. but it's hard to know, I don't know. I think there's so, a lot yeah, of politics are, and financial affairs involved in that, I would Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of stuff, I'd say, that we don't even know about, to know that would, yeah. would obviously hold all that, you know, but it would be great for the spectators and all that, you know, to to be able to say, oh, I'm going to watch the game now, they're going to say, if they're playing up somewhere in Belfast, Cliftonville or something like that, you know, it'd be great to be able to to do that, you know. 
Talk to me about Wexford as a club where you're at at the moment. I mean, where is the aspirations for Wexford as a club in the Republic of Irish League? Is it to, to try and get promotion to the top flight? Yeah, they were up there. They, one year they won the league, they got promoted. They had a great season that year, you know, and they kind of they took a hit there the last couple of years and stuff like that. And Obviously, they don't have as much financial backing as some of the, the bigger sides and that but they've they've a well their clubhouse and they have everything down there, you know, the clubhouse is brilliant, nice facilities there, you know. This year's kinda their aim aim really is try to get playoffs, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean it's really I mean it's a really interesting league in in that sense because obviously you've got Drogheda who've obviously been in the the top flight before. Um, I've got yeah. a few friends in Galway, so the Galway United are obviously one I care to keep an eye on. Longford, obviously, you've played for them, and UCD, the the Dublin uh, University side. You know, yeah. you know, you, you I always look at you know university teams across uh, Britain, and obviously I look at Queen's University in Belfast and what they've done. But you know, all these teams in that league, Bray Wanderers as well. You know, yeah. it's a very competitive league, I take it. Oh, it is, yeah. It's wicked competitive, and they, they all have decent sides, you know, and it's just everyone's scrapping for two places, really, you know. I think it, and the team that wins the playoff, you're going to play the team that finished second bottom in the Premier Division, so it's always going to be a tough game, you know. Yeah. So, like, it's basically just fighting for one spot and then fighting to be in the playoffs really you know so it's wicked competitive you know and it's great for the the fans watching it that they have that competitive edge and at least you have the playoffs then if you don't win the league you know I mean, one thing that really has uh, impressed me and, and really has been something that I've really enjoyed seeing is the performances of some of the, the Premier League teams in, in Europe, especially. And Dundalk, the story about them has been absolutely sensational. Does that story give the rest of the league a bit of a lift and say, well, if they can do it, we can maybe do too? Yeah, it gives, it gives everyone a boost. It gives the whole league, really, you know, to say they're after putting the league on the map you know and a lot more people have been taking an interest into the league you know mm-hmm. because of really what Dundalk have done the last couple of years they've been in the group stage of the Europa League two years out of the last four I think it is mm-hmm. so you know it's a credit, credit to them and a credit to the league that they're really put, they've been putting the league on the map really the last couple of years and it's a credit to them really you know Yeah, yeah it's and it's going to be good for the whole league really that they've done that you know and obviously, some of the stories about you know the Irish uh, teams in Europe. Of course, Shamrock Rovers played Milan last year, and you know, a, a incredible story for them coming up against uh, Zlatan Ibrahimovic and company. Yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, oh, no, uh, a lad from my local town plays with Shamrock Rovers. Okay. Uh, so, uh, look, it's, it was a good experience for them. You know, it's great to see such a big team like like that playing against Shamrock Rovers and they don't play well I think they're top of the league actually in Italy at the minute yeah they are they're, they're playing very well Milan and, uh, but it, it's it's refreshing to see them do quite well especially with the likes of Juventus also being very strong and Inter still uh, there it's kind of nice to see Milan sort of come out from their shadow a little bit because they've been in a, a state of flux for quite a few years yeah they have they've been struggling the last couple of years so it's good to see them getting back because they're always a big force in European football, you know, they've always been a big name, so it's good to see them coming back as well, you know. Yeah, just just to sort of wrap things up, Jack. I mean, obviously, we mentioned at the top of the show there that the the League of Ireland uh, isn't starting till the middle of March. Um, you know, until then, is it just keep your fitness up and keep sort of mentally preparing yourself for the new season? I mean, how tough must that be? Because obviously, that is just a a, a date, and it's probably going to be subject to change with all these COVID restrictions. You know, that must be yeah. tricky. Yeah, it's hard. You know, it's. You just kind of have to keep yourself taking over, and it's it's hard when you're training on your own as well, you know, because mm. you're usually in with a team and you're inspiring each other on, and you're, you know, you've got a few lads there, but when you're on your own, you're kind of, mm. you these little things saying in your head, but like, keep going, we like, give it that 100%. But look, if you keep yourself taking over, you'll be, you'll be going back in good shape, you know, and it's, it'll only benefit yourself, really, you know. And you yourself, so and you yourself are you recovering from your, your injuries? Are you fighting fit? Yeah, I've been fit, touch wood, now the last year and a half, really, uh, not really much 
injuries to be fair I used to get a lot with my ankle and I so I haven't really got that since so last year now I didn't really get an injury at all I kind of played more every game I was fit like so hmm. hopefully I get the same this year and kick on again you know yeah last question for you Jack so I thoroughly enjoyed our chat just learning a little bit about the League of Ireland um, and obviously your own journey too what does the future hold for yourself is it to really kind of make yourself a, a big name uh, in that league yeah, hopefully just just try to go as high as I can really in, in the the league, you know, and really just set myself targets every year and try to do them and try to be the best when you go out on the pitch. That's if you're doing that like there'll be a lot of talk about you, you know. You can only really go out and look after yourself when you're out on the pitch and give it your all and see what happens, you know. But hopefully uh, I'd like to just keep playing and go as high as I can really again you know and in the short short term it's all about focusing on your your team Liverpool winning the, the Premier League yeah it's going to be tough tough this year you know they've been struggling the last few weeks but look this you're never going to really get away with playing two centre mid centre half you know mm. they're taking strength out of the middle then as well you know Yeah. so hopefully they get someone in in, in January and free up at least one of the spots he can't play Henderson centre half when he's centre mid you know yeah. so that's kind of like he's that driving force in the middle really for Liverpool the last two years yeah. he's been brilliant like so and look the, Liverpool the, each team goes through that kind of rut you know they're, they're a world class side they want to come out the other side of it you know yeah, absolutely. whether it's against United or down the line I don't know but It'll be a good game against United, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It's certainly going to be very interesting to see what happens there. But, but Jack, it's been really great to, to chat with yourself about your uh, journey uh, so far. Good luck uh, at Wexford for the season when it does commence. Uh, and thanks very much for taking the time with me to, to chat on Cowboys Rules. Uh, no, appreciate it, Grant. Thanks for having me on. Well, listener, that brings us to the end of yet another episode of Campbell's Footballs. I hope this podcast was just what the doctor ordered. If you want to listen to previous shows or look out for future shows, follow Campbell's Footballs on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts or wherever you listen to other podcasts. You can also follow the show on Facebook at Campbell's Footballs. Search for me, StatoG91 on Instagram or other social media channels. But until then, until next time, I hope you enjoyed the crack and enjoy Campbell's Footballs. What a dangerous night!